Welcome to The Emil Show. Today, we're going to be talking about narcissism. You know, the topic that seems to be running wild in our pop psychology culture. There seems to be a lot of discussions about narcissism, but to me, people seem to be misunderstanding narcissism and they overuse it to the point where it's becoming weaponized rather than as a tool to understand. Now, today I'm hoping to help clarify some of the misunderstandings, misconceptions about narcissism and put things into perspective so that if you are narcissistic, you know where to go to get some help. And if you're living with someone who's narcissistic, you know what you can do to maximize change. The quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationships. But what is it that determines the strength or quality of our relationships? For over 20 years, I've been working in the trenches of relationship recovery and greatness. I empower people to take charge of their relationships and single-handedly bring about desired outcomes. This show cuts through the fluffy stuff and gets to the nitty-gritty of what makes a relationship work. I'm going to teach you practical tools and principles to transform the important relationships in your life and bring about greater satisfaction and fulfillment. Get ready to transform your life through the power of relationship skills. It's time for The Emil Show. Relationships with someone who is narcissistic. It's not only painful, but it's damaging. It's damaging for both people in that relationship. You're walking on eggshells. You're deciding what issues you can talk about and when you can talk about them, constantly feeling like you're not enough. And then instead of getting apologies, you get love bombed, which creates confusion. From some perspectives, a person who is narcissistic has some very admirable qualities. They're ambitious. They have these moments, these times when they're so delightful and charming. They're just enjoyable to be around. They love having fun and being social. Plus, they're strong-willed and determined. They don't back down to challenges. I mean, this is what attracts people to these types of people. And people stay in these relationships because every once in a while, we get what I like to call a crumb of cake. We don't get the whole cake. We just get a little slice or some crumbs. And we believe that one day, if we're patient and understanding and loving and supportive, then they'll finally break down those walls and open up and create that kind of closeness and intimacy that we strive for. We might get the whole cake. The problem is that these narcissistic tendencies, the parts of the narcissism that that's damaging and hurtful and angry and hostile and venomous, well, these tendencies are hidden from the people that they don't live with because they want to put on their, their public persona, how they present to everybody else. And they want to see them on all the wonderful qualities that we just talked about. And the less than admirable qualities are saved for for home, for the person they're the closest with. That's where things get really difficult because in order to like decide, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this relationship? Like, I'm not happy. This is miserable. Is that 
you feel trapped. You know, this controlling, rude, stubborn, you know, miserable relationship is riddled with toxicity. And you can't really have a conversation with someone who's narcissistic and expect it to go anywhere. This means that that relationships really suffer. And on the one hand, you can't get support from other people because other people see the narcissist as this fantastic guy. And uh, they'll even talk about how much they need to change with the people that they're not living with. But when they're with the people that they live with, there's not really much of a conversation about what they're going to do in a humble and accountable way. So you feel trapped wondering, well, I'm not going to get the support that I need from other people, which makes it super hard. And in fact, you're not going to, you're going to get the opposite. You're going to get all sorts of um, contrary support. Like you got to stay, you got to stick it out. This person's amazing. They're fantastic. You know, what are you thinking? And so you feel pretty lost and alone. The relationship experiences a lot of damage in the form of emotional abuse. And the narcissist isn't even going to see it. They're not going to recognize it as emotional abuse because in their mind, they feel extremely justified in their animosity and their hostility based on how they feel. They're being honest with their feelings. What they're not taking into accountability is the responsibility for their feelings. And so instead of trying to communicate in a kind, respectful way, they let that, the emotion, dictate what they say. Over time, as a person who's living with a narcissist, you start getting more hungry for the crumbs, more desperate for the crumbs of kindness and they get rarer and rarer as time goes by and you get more and more hungry for those crumbs. And so when you finally get a little bit of a crumb, you go, okay, maybe I can last for another day, another week, another minute, another hour. If you've ever tried to be more firm or set your boundaries, that's when you're going to get a lot of pushback from your partner who's a narcissist. Because instead of them seeing your boundaries as a healthy set of rules to be respected and protected, they see them as an objective to overcome. Then they start to push and pull in all sorts of psychological ways, whether that's blame or guilt or just pure hostility. What they're trying to do is regain that sense of security that comes from them being in control. The root is insecurity. So when you really start to work toward protecting your boundaries, your boundaries are going to be made fun of. I think it'd be helpful to know, well, okay, Emil, you're talking about narcissism, but how do you know if your partner is narcissistic? Now, if you look online, there's a set of criteria. I decided to make it my own set of criteria that I have experienced sitting in the therapy seat for over 20 years, okay? And so each of these things in and of themselves are not an indication of narcissism. It is the cluster. It is how many of these and how intense these characteristics or attributes are met by a single individual. Now, we all have these at some degree. Well, some more than others. 
But a narcissist will have a lot of these and pretty intense. And what you'll find is, is the narcissist is going to look for the characteristics or attributes that they don't have as an indication for how it's not fair to be labeled a narcissist. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Rarely do I find it helpful for someone to be labeled a narcissist. The only time I find it helpful is when they are frustrated and confused and don't understand why things are not going the way they want them to go. So they have to be confused and feel safe. If a narcissist is being told that they're a narcissist and they're not confused and they don't feel safe, well, what do you think is going to happen? That's right. They're not going to validate it. They are going to dig their heels in even more. How do we know that? Because they're narcissistic. All right. Here are a list of characteristics. This is not exhaustive, but I think that it paints a pretty good picture. And so some of you people who have a narcissistic partner are going to go, oh yeah, this fits. First, Okay, now this is not in any particular order. I just wrote down like, I don't know, what, how many, 17? Might come up with 20 by the end of this. You know you're a narcissist when you lie about things to inflate your image and that you justify to yourself as true enough. Number two, you know you're a narcissist when you are extremely confident in yourself but you get defensive quickly and intensely when you're blamed or criticized. You know you're a narcissist when you can justify, rationalize, or minimize anything to make wrong things sound right or make your behavior sound reasonable or normal. You know you're a narcissist when you feel like the rules don't apply to you or that you're exceptional. You're an exception to the generally accepted norms and expectations. You're different. You know you're a narcissist when you have huge plans and make huge promises, and you justify your huge promises based on belief in yourself, like the power of positivity. And narcissists are actually pretty impressive. They can actually do a lot of great things. But what happens is they start burning bridges and hurting relationships because they aren't always in control of the ability to make the promises that they, that they make. You know, you're a narcissist when you don't respect other people's boundaries. You just keep bulldozing and pushing. They make it clear and you're like, mm, I'm built different. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break through their boundaries because those boundaries are inhibiting me from getting what I want. You know, you're a narcissist when you frequently complain about other people, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just easy for you to find fault. I mean, other people just don't seem to measure up, especially your partner. You know you're a narcissist when you have difficulty saying you're sorry without a desperate need to explain yourself or justify your behavior. You know you're a narcissist when you rarely take feedback from others, especially when you're not asking for it. You know you're a narcissist when you prefer to figure things out on your own. You know you're a narcissist when you believe that you are different, you tick different, you're built different, think different. 
And that's with a touch of superiority. And you actually say things like that. Those words actually come out of your mouth. You know, we're all different. But a narcissist makes a point of saying it. You know you're a narcissist when you invest a lot of time, energy, resources in your appearance. How you show up. It's like your clothes, your, your beard, your hair, the car you drive, the people you associate with, the names that you drop. You know you're a narcissist when relationships are seen as a net gain opportunity. How can this relationship benefit me? You know you're a narcissist when your good deeds are mentioned frequently. You'll sometimes disguise them, not to bring attention to yourself, of course, but why do you do it? To bring attention to yourself. You know you're a narcissist when you confuse secrecy with privacy. Privacy is when you close the door in your bathroom. Okay, that's privacy. Secrecy is when you keep your social media life and whereabouts where you are separate from your spouse, keeping it away from your spouse. Because if they knew, they wouldn't understand and then they would just get upset. And so that's how you justify it. You know, you're a narcissist when instead of apologizing, you just increase your awesome sauce. You just become nice and you love bomb. You don't acknowledge the specific details in which you messed up, hurt feelings, blew up, You'll justify that, but because you kind of feel bad, a little bit, you just love bum. You know you're a narcissist when you become preoccupied with things, status, success, at the expense of relationships. One of the reasons why I am doing this podcast is because there seems to be a huge misunderstanding about our relationships with someone who's narcissistic. Now, those traits I just talked about, if you are living with a narcissist, then they have a large collection of these attributes and traits. And one of the common factors when you put these together is a sense of a lack of humility and an inability to be reasonable and accountable. So they're not humble and accountable. And so having a conversation with someone and expecting them to appreciate that feedback when they're narcissistic is delusional. So one of the things that I I got so many comments on my TikTok, I posted something about dealing with certain types of people. And it wasn't specifically narcissism. But for whatever reason, it just went viral. And so many people were commenting about, you know, how this doesn't work with narcissists. And it made me think, I'm like, I wondered if people thought that it would. Like, let's say I I use one of my communication strategies and I complain. And I complain following four steps of complaining. The four steps of complaining are I share my feelings and story. I use a transition statement like, but if I put myself in your shoes. And then number three, I really put myself in their shoes. And then number four, I check in. So I might say something like, hey, babe, I'm really frustrated because, you know, the last few days you've said that you wanted to spend some time with me 
But then when we are together, you're on your phone or you drop, you know, whatever we had plans for to go hang out with your friends. But if I put myself in your shoes, you've been stressed out a lot. Um, My schedule seems to change all the time. And so it's really hard for you to plan things. And when we are together, it's hard for you to kind of settle down because there's so many things on your mind. And you're, you're just trying to escape. And since we don't have any plans, any specific plans of what we're going to do, it just makes it kind of awkward. And that's why you're on your phone. And then you're just a good friend. So when people reach out to you, you want to be supportive and, and understanding and go hang out with them. Am I close? What am I missing? So let's say that's the complaint I make to a narcissist. Well, understand the attributes, characteristics, and traits of a narcissist. Remember, they are super highly sensitive to any criticisms, even though I'm taking the time to understand the other person. Humility and accountability are not the hallmarks of narcissism. So if you think that by the way you communicate, you're going to get a narcissist to empathize, understand, validate, support you, well, then you're ignoring reality, and that makes you delusional. Does that sound harsh? We're all delusional to a degree, but when the pattern of evidence is stacking up in such a way that that we can predict with high accuracy how they're going to respond, then thinking about how we say things isn't going to matter. So you're now probably wondering, well, Emo, what does this mean? Am I Am I doomed if I'm in a relationship with somebody who's narcissistic? Well, let me kind of walk you through how I help people who are narcissistic. First, they are usually not the first people that come into the counseling. Why? Because it takes humility and accountability and a sense of desperation to come to therapy sometimes. And that's just not one of the things that they will do on their own. So I usually see the partner, and that partner I work with to help them support and strengthen their boundaries with love. And I help them develop what I call the loving crisis. Now, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the loving crisis yet. I'll probably save that for my next podcast because it's a, um, a very delicate process to go through, and I want to set it up right. But what I do is I help that person create such strong, clear boundaries that the narcissist becomes beautifully confused and they're just kind of in an uncertain place, which is really uncomfortable for a narcissist. And then as that person creates more distance because their boundaries are being violated over and over again, that distance creates discomfort. And when the narcissist employs their normal strategies to try to get things back on track as they see it, the partner that I've been working with has been able to predict those things and is prepared for all those different tactics and strategies and doesn't give in. And so then what happens is out of desperation and discomfort and fear, That's what gets the narcissist to come in. The narcissists don't come in by invitation. They come in by desperation. And therefore, it becomes imperative 
that the partner of the narcissist go get coaching and counseling to maximize their ability to influence change. Now, once I've got the narcissist in my office and they're you know, in a situation of pain and discomfort, they're like, Emo, what do I need to do? I got to save my relationship. That's when I can walk them through the process of identifying, hey, these traits, how would your spouse characterize you? Would any of these traits fit? Do you see any of these traits fitting? Now, this is very scary for a narcissist to do because they have been conditioned since birth to believe, whether it's out of genetics or social upbringing or a combination of all of these factors, of their genetics, social, cultural, and their own just the attributes that they're born with, their disposition, all these elements combine to kind of foster this, these narcissistic traits and attributes. And so what I'll do is I'll walk them through in a very empathic way. Hey, how is this true? How is this one true? Let's find evidence to support these things. And one of the ways I get them to truly start to see the validation in these things is to explain to them that the more difficulty they have in validating a perspective that's contrary to their ego, the more pathological they are, the more narcissistic they are. The greater the difficulty in their ability to validate a perspective that is different from how they see themselves, in other words, their ego, then that's just an indication of greater pathology. And once I set it up like that, the last thing they want to do, it kind of puts them in a double bind, a psychological double bind. It's a therapeutic double bind. Because if they deny any truth to it, then they have to admit that they are more pathological. So by desperation to avoid being pathological, they choose the lesser of the two evils, which is humble accountability and seeing things from a different point of view or perspective, which is not natural for a narcissist because that's just something they don't want to do. They want to see things their own way and they are built different. They tick different. That's just how they are. And the world needs to accept them and appreciate them for their great, fantastic qualities. Now, that is the process. I know I'm doing an oversimplified process, but today is not the day to talk about your tactic for creating the loving crisis. Today, it's talking about the characteristics of narcissism, what it truly is. By this point, you can start to see that narcissism is an extreme form of insecurity. They disguise their weaknesses and fear of weaknesses by inflated senses of self. And then they support that inflated sense of self with a narrative that makes them superior to other people. Healthy, emotional people do not have to paint themselves more superior than others to be happy. And that's what makes a narcissist a narcissist. If you think that just having a reasonable conversation, and this I just want to drive this point home, even though it might sting a little bit, 
if you feel like you're beating your head against the wall and you're frustrated, you've had it, you're exhausted from from walking on eggshells and you think that a conversation worded well is going to modify a narcissistic person's, you know, framework of thinking, then you've ignored the facts and you've slipped into being delusional. And the problem with being delusional is that that means you're going to be frustrated and disappointed 100% of the time in your relationship. This is one of those things where finding the book on how to handle these things is really hard to do. And it may be helpful for you to reach out to somebody who understands narcissism in a relational context to help you see if there's a way to modify and create change in the relationship because there's so many wonderful, beautiful, fantastic qualities that a narcissist has. And they too are victims of their own insecurities and fears. So if you're in a relationship and you'd like to get some help, don't hesitate to reach out. You can get a hold of me by just sending me an email, emailharker at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer your questions if you've got them. Or you can, if you want to make an appointment, just call the office, 801-543-2120. I do Zoom sessions all over the country, so it doesn't matter where you live. Getting out of these situations can be done, and you can do it in a way that's respectful, kind, and loving. And I can, I can help you through that process if you're, if you're in a situation where you need this. And if you know someone who needs this podcast, please share it with them. It's a very unfulfilling life to be in a relationship with someone who's narcissistic. And if you know the narcissist, the narcissist is also a victim of these circumstances, even though it seems like they're the perpetrator. Thanks so much for your time and listening to The Emil Show, where we talk about all things relational. If you'd like to learn more about how to change your relationship, how to custom build your marriage instead of living one by default, actually live one by design, go to emilharker.com and click on The Marriage Makeover. You can also get a free copy of my book by going to emilharker.com and clicking on free book. You just have to pay shipping and handling and uh, you'll be able to learn the tools, the phrases, the strategies to take the inevitable conflict of relationships and turn it into closeness.